Welcome to Nump Bills Fan Podcast. I think 249, if I got 248 uploaded right, with my boy Ryan Jones from the Jonesy Sixburg Podcast, who's a Steelers fan. Um, I'm your host, David Palermo, or this could be 248 if that don't work out. Um, and that one came out a little echoey, so this might be 248. And, uh, you know, I've been away for a bit here, people, because I have life and I'm done blue pill myself. And frankly, there are so many great people who make content that I could fucking care less. And I'm just here to give you giggles and um, shoot the shit and go, hey, I don't think this is going to add up. I like to talk my shit. I like to document it. Uh, I told you a while back. Mitch Morse is uh, the linchpin of the fucking Bills offense. And uh, once they got that dude invested in O-line, which I wanted two years ago when they drafted Allen and Edmonds, I thought with the Edmonds pick, which we could get to later, I thought they could get offensive linemen to develop. So long story longer, uh, I got my friend Icy Vic on the phone, a great content creator. And uh, with the Rochester Sports Network, Definitely collab with him. They were nice enough to have me and Adam Deacon at the draft show for an Bills fan. Uh, we got to set up, and I'm actually using the same board from that draft show um, right now, I see. But, and that okay. was at Batavia Downs. But you want to introduce yourself? Let me know where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, take the floor on what you just did. You call the Brockport game. I mean, let's get into what you're doing for a few minutes. You just traveled. Um, and then spit it back to me when you think you're rounded about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, as uh, you said, I'm Icy Vic, uh, I-C-E-Y-V-I-C-K, and uh, you can find me at Icy Vic underscore R-S-N on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Snapchat, at Icy Vic. Um, I am still working with Rock Sports uh, Network. We did a broadcast of the um, Rockport football, D3 uh, football game today. It just uh, took an L, but, you know, looking to bounce back. Um, and also, you know, world traveler. I I go around a lot of different places uh, throughout the world. I go everywhere from Alaska to overseas, going to the Maldives come uh, April. Uh, so just got back from uh, L.A. and Alaska, actually, so. Uh, for a nice little two-week trip, got to see my good friend uh, John Floor get married. Tied the knot to one of the most uh, beautiful people I know, Mary Hannah. So yeah, man, life is good right now. And tomorrow, Bills opening uh, opening game. You know, opening home game, open the opening season game. I'm as stoked as can be about where life is right now. I have one question for you. Yeah. Are you hunting crickets? No. They're out here, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw your pictures in Alaska, and we talked. And I was like, holy shit. I was just flabbergasted because I'm in Podcastville over here listening to things and, uh, you know, um, not about football. And Alaska mm-hmm. is a very interesting state. Um, allegedly we have enough resources to survive, self-sustainable for our, our country. And it's very interesting. And, um, you know, to take, we were talking earlier to take a break and actually travel and do the thing and still be able to come home and, and do the thing is really awesome. So, um, 
no, inspirational, I see. Really, really is inspirational. Um, now, I have a question. This could be rude, but did you end up making it to the sidelines this year? Uh, for a training camp? Yeah. No, we didn't do that this year. Um, obviously, with COVID last year, it really put a lot of people behind on what they were doing for um, – you know, the Bills uh, training camps and things of that nature. So we just had a, you know, tougher time getting what we used to be able to get with the uh, Bills this year. Right. Yeah, it's uh, obviously all been super weird. Um, I was kind of curious because I feel when you get to watch a positional drills one-on-one, um, you know, the Bills are very tight about what they're doing in the off season. Um with, with starters and all that stuff. And uh, we've seen Chris Brown get reprimanded. We've seen, I thought this year they were a little irritated with someone. Um, it, it, it's very, uh, it's, it, I don't want to say it's different, but like, you know, I like it in a way. Yeah, there? I mean, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, um, with, with everything, with COVID and everything, People are just, like, everything has to be different. Everything has to be harder. Everything has to be more streamlined and more efficient for, you know, the bills. And if for nothing else, if you believe in COVID or not, you got to save face and, you know, make sure everybody's safe. Well, they're going to, the NFL is going to grift. And um, a lot of people listening right now probably suck me in the rail about Cole Beasley, do some other shit. And truth is, I see, um, I did do a podcast about a month ago about this with a guy, <coughs> excuse me, from the Growing Truth, uh, his name is um, Mike Goodpaster, and we did a bunch of research. We went down the whole rabbit hole, <coughs> excuse me, of stuff. And um, what I'm getting at is that's not this show, obviously, as you said. And um, it's nice to get back to football, but I don't agree with the stadium issues. Um, granted, I will say, as a construction guy, I've stared at that fucking stadium. And the uh, reason I'm talking about it is counter-narrative, you know what I mean, other than football is. Um, I, I feel like we have a good home to talk about stuff like that. It's just going into the season opener, I think it's our first time to really see what's going on. And I, and I think the Steelers, if you're ready to talk about it, um, I didn't have this feeling of I really give a fuck about the Bills last year. Um, I was going through a lot of personal shit, and they kept me afloat just by barely knowing what's going on. Um, and it, it was therapeutic to, to see them win, to see Josh Allen be the quarterback. I know he can be my fantasy name is Josh Allen truther that my friend Mike Smith gave me. Cause I said from a casino, when I watch him play training camp camp game one, and I watch him in camp, he looked good. He did not look as advertised. The scouting report was fucking obviously not wrong maybe, but like they he improved and you got to have the work ethic to improve. And that offense was lights out. It was awesome because I am so sick of old school football. I am so sick of quote unquote balance to have balance. I did not like that narrative at the end of last season, right after the bills lose. It's immediately lying season towards the draft. Remember that. So when Twitter's running like wildfire with, they need a running back. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I will give a running back a couple of years. I don't care. Um, you know, they added Brita, and that dude is, I think, another secret weapon that people are just going to sleep on. You know, keep it simple for that guy. Allegedly, he's running back three. Thing is, you got a nice pass-catching guy who's fast as fuck. 
see your local Madden game because the Bills, I don't know if you play Madden yet, I see, are on fire. And I think that, frankly, I'm going to spit it back to you after this, the Steelers are not something to be sleeping on right now. And what I mean by that is they their defensive line is just really redonkulous. And Ben Roethlisberger, he had elbow surgery from what I heard on uh, – I got this information from Cover 1. There was a guy from the USA Today uh, that covers the Steelers from the Blitz or whatever it's called. And I'm so bad at this, I see. Um <laughs> And he mentioned that Ben had shoulder, he had elbow surgery or some bullshit. You probably know. Um, in 2020. Yeah, he had a Tommy John surgery. Yeah, pre 2020, right? So, yeah. you got to figure towards the end of the season, when you have a team that runs these running backs into the ground, as Tomlin is known to do, um, you got to really figure that, oh shit, they just drafted one in the first round and Najee Harris. Like, this is nuts. And. The Bills' Achilles heel was stopping the run, okay? Uh, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick exposed that, and I've been, I was waiting for it because I don't think that they were they, they had some defensive line issues. This year, I'm looking at Tremaine Edmonds to step into getting that contract to being here a little bit longer. I mean, dude, this is this is a huge fucking game, man. Like this is. There's a lot, and I don't think the Bills are something to sniff at or uh, the Steelers are something just to go, oh, it's an automatic win. I think people got to be realistic and realize that Ben's arm fell off last year. So when people are just like saying, oh, you know, Ben's looking his age, it's like, well, why does he look his age? Because if he's 25 and had Tommy John surgery, we're not thinking about that. We're giving him the benefit of the doubt. So what do you think? Is this like a shellacking either way, or is it a tight defensive battle? Like uh, Pressure's on the Bills, clearly. Everybody likes them, and when everybody likes the Bills, uh, I'm sorry, but history used to be that the Bills just shit on themselves, and I, and I don't want that. Yeah, I mean, McDermott and Bean have done a great job changing the quote-unquote culture in Buffalo, right? So everyone uses, oh, same old Bills, same old Bills, same old Bills. You know, the Bills come out, and they lose. And, uh, you know, they come out, and they, they come out fast, and then they collapse by the end of the season. And they they're changing that culture. This, the Bills are becoming winning uh, winners. Josh Allen right now number one selling jersey in the NFL. When's the last time you could say that about any Bills player, right? So you're sitting here looking at this game coming up, and we we pay, played the the Steelers last year. And last year when we played the Steelers, obviously we both, both teams were at full strength. Better than Roethlisberger was there. They obviously didn't have Najee Harris, but Regardless, they still had good a good running game. Um, ben Roethlisberger still put up a decent passer rating, but it's the next level stuff that you see, which is why Ben Roethlisberger uh, and that team collapsed at the end of last season. For instance, Ben Roethlisberger has always been known to extend plays because of his size, his rushing ability. Well, last year, per Pro Football Focus. His rush, his rushing stats or his rushing grade was lowest among all active quarterbacks out of 38 quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger was dead last rushing the ball, and of course, when you're getting up in there in age, and he's probably what about 38, 39 years old now, um, you're looking at, you know, um, 
guys like Ben Roethlisberger not wanting to run, not wanting to take those hits, and things of that nature. So your rushing game suffers, and you don't, you're not able to extend the plays overall. And then um, just his passing game with his overall grade um, since the Tommy John surgery, obviously he still put up 3,800 yards, and he he was efficient enough. And just the, you know your normal stats, but when you look at next level stats like Pro Football Focus, overall he was only the 25th rated quarterback out of 38, behind guys like Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Goff, Fitzpatrick, you know rookie Burrow, Daniel Jones, Philip Rivers, you know Lamar Jackson, who everybody by all accounts says can't throw the ball, but he still had a better throwing grade than Ben Roethlisberger. So, okay. This is why I call you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, two years ago, when he had a full season, 5,129 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was with AB, okay? You got Claypool mm-hmm. now over there. He's a monster. You got Juju. Don't sleep on Juju. And what I love about fantasy football on a side note is it's easier now because you just pick receivers. And I've always picked receivers. I started fantasy only about 10 years ago. So, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, dude, I was like, I'm not doing a stupid shit. And then they're like, oh, I got money. I'm like, oh, shit. And, um, frankly, Juju's good as fuck. Uh, people, I think, depending on the media, covering them or not, I think players are good. We know that as Bills fans. We got to use that lens. But... I, you know, you bring up a good point with Ben. When you when you take the advanced metrics, that's great. The thing is with the Steelers is um the you know they they always have a bell cow running back, and if they I, I think Connor was completely a disappointment for that team. Yeah, and right. you know this year I actually did notes over here. So you got a fourth round left tackle rookie starting in Dan Moore Jr. You have Kendrick Green, Sartin, third-round rookie. And then, you know, you have a young right tackle in Okorafor, 24 years old. You know, hold on one sec. Hey, dog, go lay down. Hey, lay down. Go lay down. Go lay down. Thank you. That's my dog right there. Um, So what I'm getting at is, holy shit. Because uh, after seeing Greg Rousseau, not get many reps, that tells me that they know what the fuck is up with Greg Rousseau, the Buffalo Bills coaches, because, uh, wow, wow, like, icy. Can we talk about the defensive line of the Buffalo Bills going against this offensive line? Not even Homer out here, but, like, um, that first preseason game, I was like, holy shit. And then I watched a cover one breakdown of it and uh, of Rousseau, and Eric broke down how the dude's long, and I want to be again Homer again, but my dumb eye reminds me of Mario Williams. So long, so big, where he could just push somebody backwards and then bend around him, you know? We've seen that a yeah. lot in Buffalo. And um, people, I don't, I, I fucking hate, I've always hated the number age, and um, I believe that players get smarter and they need opportunity when they get older. And Jerry Hughes, allegedly the fifth Best defensive end, which I think he's better than that, personally. Um, f- still fast as fuck. Still gets off it. And 
I was really looking forward to seeing Star Tule because I got a lot of shit when they cut or traded Marcel Darius for a bag of footballs. And they're like, oh, his contract was so big, and blah, 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 blah. And then they signed a one-dimensional player, Star Tule, to keep your linebackers clean. And as Matt Milano came in as a fifth-round pick, um, he was very promising off the bat. And uh, I, I kind of feel that Star Tule is a, a difference maker uh, in a way. And I actually thought in the preseason he was getting after it, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. And, and if they don't double-team him, he's a fucking powerful man. So how are you looking at the, the matchup at the lines? Because you got Basham Jr. who looks promising. And the coolest part is I like seeing the defensive tackles and defensive ends. You know, like the defensive ends are, are versatile. And that's like a cliche thing to say now, you know. Um, but that's also a coaching point, I think, sometimes. So that way they don't give out in media what they're actually going to how they're going to use the players. So, defensive line, what did you think looking at it? Because, um, you know, Addison, I didn't like – he signed for a healthy amount of money. I did not like the Trent Murphy money uh, at all. I fucking hated that money. <laughs> I don't like the Star, Star Tule money. And all I heard was that Marcel Darius sucks and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, like, if you just smoke fucking blunts with him, you're all set. You know what I mean? Like, be in. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. I think nothing, right? So, um, you know, they are probably right, but like, look at the salary cap. Then again, what the fuck am I worried about? Like, the Bills have a quarterback. It's totally different. Am I overanalyzing this D line? Am I like, how do you feel with it? Because I feel like they gotta be like pit bulls, ready to fucking go. Um, you got rookie offensive lineman. Let's go. You have an old-ass quarterback that cannot move like he used to, and he's fucking lazy. He came in fat as fuck last year, bro. Like, yeah. Or, or every year, I should say. But, every year. You know? Well, I mean, as far as the defensive line, I'm not really worried about the defensive line. But Starless will lay, he's going to miss this game with the calf injury, which that hurts because, quite honestly, this team wasn't able to stop the run and be losing Starless will lay was a big reason. Even though Starless Hulley doesn't rack up Aaron Donald sacks or Aaron Donald pressures or Aaron Donald, you know, the top-tier guy metrics, he does a lot by putting pressure on the interior line because he's a massive body. You know, a massive body that takes one or two guys, one or two of your best guys, to block and stop. And just being there, not being able to, to be able to set the line of scrimmage even if it's a half a yard in the backfield, is a huge upgrade than the offensive line uh, pushing the defensive line back and setting the line of scrimmage in, you know, the secondary, per se. So when you have a big guy like Star Lutile taking attention, guys like Tremaine and Benz can shine because they are not getting to the second level because they're occupied with Star Lutile. Even though he might not get all the, the accolades with the big sack numbers and big tackle numbers, you have to contend with them. And if you contend with them, you know, freeze other guys up to do their jobs. And that's exactly what they needed. Um, as far as defensive ends, man, like Mar um, um, Mario Addison, he didn't sign a huge contract, which is fine. He was the stopgap. They knew they were going to attack the, the drafts this year for defensive ends. And they obviously found a couple guys they liked. That's why they went back to back. So can I ask you a question? Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, they had a guy in Shaq Lawson, um, and he wasn't good enough. 
uh, no. to even sniff at to them. And I and you want to know something? That defense was better against the run when he was out there, believe it or not. Um, Trent Murphy did fucking nothing. Did absolutely nothing. And then you get Addison, who he, he's not the double-digit sack player that you got, but he's a good-ass player. He's he's fucking funny. He's a good dude. I, I love the team. Like, like, let me make that clear. Um, there's not somebody on here I don't like at all. Um, and, and, and you know what I mean? But they, they've thrown all their resources at it. And then the guys, you know, in house. So that tells me that there's something that Shaq Lawson wasn't doing and it just wasn't connecting. And what I like about this coaching staff is you'll never know. I love that yeah. because you know, bro, this podcast was started because we're up on Twitter we're seeing mad people shit on players and, 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 you know, mainstream media not giving them any run. I fucking hate the mainstream media. always have. And um, today's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And, uh, you know, changed my life forever. Made me understand how the media works. So think 9-11 for this podcast, think, which is to my three listeners, meaning like we are free speech. We could do better than a national media. And that's why, you know, years back, we all encourage each other when we met to keep driving and collab and, and so great to see people like you guys still doing it at a regular fucking clip dedicated to it. Um, I spent a long time at work just burning myself out thinking about this shit, you know, like a, a better format, a better whatever. And then I just overanalyze and do nothing. And, uh, you know, we're in a good spot, man, where we can actually speak out and, Give the players respect that they deserve. And now I love that, like, not that it matters, but, like, we always felt that the team was as good as other teams around the league. They're just in the same fucking division as Tom Brady. And they love marketing the NFL. They want money, 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 money. So I love that Tom Brady left, um, frankly. That's pathetic to say. I wish we could have just beat him like a man and whatever the fuck. But, like, I don't. You know, nine years of season tickets not doing much. It sucked, you know, but it was great because you have one of the most popular football teams across the world right now is the Buffalo Bills. Thanks to media, DIY media and Bills fans going like, hey, I don't believe they sucked that bad. Let's talk about it. Like, I feel like this player stacks up with this player. And, you know, my point to you overall is that there is so much pressure on the Bills that, again, I don't know if I'm psychologically fucking damaged, I see, but, like, I'm fucking confused. Uh, I, I, If the Bills crush him, I'll be shocked. Uh, not shocked. You know what I mean? Um, nice. But I'm worried about stopping the run, and if Tomlin and them, especially game one, actually watch the tape, which you know game one, the Bills would usually win, I felt, uh, or play very well. On any of the Bills teams, good or bad, uh, what Changi we threw out through now, um, they they have a whole year to prepare, you know. So or not a whole year, but all off season to prepare for the Bills. And like you said, dude, Sarl Tula is out, man. That's a big thing because I'm a kind of hard on Edmonds, and I'm expecting a little bit more, but. I have to actually backpedal on that because I've been watching Eric Turner's breakdowns, other people's breakdowns, and he's doing his job. He just doesn't have what's needed in front of him. And when you watch how he is as a player, um, I think it kind of 
I think he could be the linchpin of that defense. And to give me that confidence and to take the pressure off the Bills this season, for me at least, that they can win the Super Bowl. Not just go to the Super Bowl. I'm talking win the Super Bowl. And I think no matter if, if Tremaine Emmons can Milano it up, if I'm going to put a verb on it, um, with no matter who's in front of him, it's it's going to happen. And, um, you know, dude, I thought he couldn't shed blocks. I thought and shit like that. And then I'm watching. I'm like, oh, he can. You know, it's just they're they're getting to him. And and but he's good at like reading a play and shedding like two to three. I don't even know what the fuck terminology is, but like he laterally sidestep opposite run plays okay so they ran like a power on on the right side and a power on the left side eric turner broke it down and i'll post a link on my twitter um and it was like he's he's a very heady player he's smart as fuck and i feel like when, when milano's out there and i feel like if star was there and, and when he's back that uh because i was really impressed with star in the, in the preseason and in the game he played and i, I feel like this is tremaine Emmons like breakout camp i am down to sign them and, and i would rather sign Edmonds. worst case at like a lower deal as in like let him hit the market if you want or whatever but i, I really think he's a person where you can get him you already know who you got in a player he's young enough but my whole beef i just had to get over was i want an offensive lineman in front of josh allen but we're in 2021 now so mm-hmm. With the media, um, national media-wise, my point is, is do you think they have a head on Tremaine Edmonds? Like, where are they with him is, is what I'm kind of wondering. Like, I'm not on the internet with social anymore. I don't really fuck with it. It stresses me out. So what, what what's, like, the fan consensus with him? Because some people don't like him. Some people, I, I feel like 80% of people do. Um. And I think he's a good fucking player. It's just I was expecting kind of more impactful plays, more tackle for losses, less Paul Puzlesnyisms. You know what I mean? Um, but when I watch the breakdowns of him, dude, every year he gets better, and it's mentally too. And he's a physical specimen. I don't think he's the worst in coverage. Um, and, and that was the whole reason when they drafted him, I was eventually warmed up to it, was, oh, this is a linebacker of the future. Like, it might take him a few years to develop, but, like, this is a linebacker of the future. He's long. He's smart. He's young. You know what I mean? Um, and I just yeah. wasn't sure if that's even a talking point out there in the world or not, Tremaine Emmons. Well, you either love Tremaine or you hate him, right? right? There's not a lot of people that are in between, and for obvious reasons. He, like you said, he's a physical specimen. They drafted him high. They drafted him over Darius Leonard, who is an absolute stud. Uh, with the Colts right now. And so and you traded up to get him at that. You didn't just stand pat and get him. You traded up to get him. And obviously this size and his weight and his height and, you know, all that good stuff is, goes into it. He's, he is an athletic specimen. And uh, over the last three seasons, he only trails Bobby Wagner and tackles for loss or no gain, right? So you, that, that is a great selling point. And it's that you say, wow. He's only behind Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is a—he's a fucking stud. But he only travels by or only travels Bobby Wagner for tackles for loss or no gain over the past three seasons. That's a great stat to hang your hat on. But then you realize, and you watch the film, and you realize how inconsistent he is because he has 57 missed tackles 
over the last three years. He's given up nine touchdowns over the three, last three years. That's three touchdowns a year as a linebacker that you're giving up in coverage. You know, and some of those times where he gave up touchdowns were in the most inopportune times and just 100% blown coverages. And it's not like he's he's a middle linebacker. He's not even our coverage linebacker. Milano's our main coverage guy. So it's not like he's you're putting Tremaine up against their best players, generally speaking. Can I give you a metaphor here? Yeah. You know how earlier in the cast – uh, specifically 24 minutes ago, we talked about Josh Allen and how, like, when I saw camp and I was like, I don't know what the fuck a scouting report did or he just worked his ass off and you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, and you give him the benefit. I, I feel like when I put my eyeball test on those two third round picks to move up, when you could have had, as you know, as a Bills fans, rounds one through three are fucking starters. Don't tell me that there's no offensive line because I, I made a whole list like after all this shit for years and I stayed pissed at the Bills for fucking years. So I'm paying good money. I'm going through my bullshit in life that's created or not created for myself that I create myself. And um, I'm paying to go to these fucking games. I'm driving and I'm so, and I'm sold from the franchise that Peterman's the best fucking option. Are you? Come on, man. Stop. Come on, dude. You, you, you know, so when I look at Preston Brown, to fucking Tremaine Emmons, I don't frankly see that much of a difference as far as production. I'm sorry. Like, people think that's fucking crazy, but you could have signed him for $5 million and or just grabbed another linebacker. And I thought we don't get linebackers in round one for this fucking reason. I mean, middle linebackers are fucking everywhere. Tilt your scheme. Adjust. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I, that's not my job. But you can't be... Slow and shitty at work, okay? It, 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 you got to be fast and suck or slow and really good job. You can't have two third-round picks, which are two offensive linemen that could be developed cheaply because, as we know, again, as Bills fans, the best way to build your team is through the draft because it's cheap or the cheapest way, right? So use their talking points against them over the years, Bills fans. Like, literally, just... Pay attention to it if we're being objective. And if that means you trade up for him and he's a first-round middle linebacker, don't give me he needs to be developed. That means he comes in and fucking plays, and he plays well in the NFL. Okay? Because until Stephon Diggs, what the fuck was this offensive doing? And you could tell me that Stephon Diggs was the NFL MVP. And that might sound fucking crazy because Josh Allen's throwing on the ball, which I'll say Josh Allen is too. But, like, Safan Diggs offered an opportunity for Josh Allen. And he straight up just set it off. Whether that's – and my whole beef with the team has been it's chess. They depleted the roster. So – Tremaine Edmonds needs to be playing very well. That's a lot of pressure on him. And you don't have any receivers. You know, they let go of Sammy Watkins pretty much. You know, uh, Nicole Roby didn't even see a down. You know, so you are you got a lot of cap space that was just dead. And then they go, you know, this roster, you should see what we had. No, you never replaced the talent. We're still trying to figure out the offensive line. We're still trying to figure out the defensive line. Like, this is fucked up. It, it, at the same time, 
the modern NFL has kind of worked out, but I think it's really this simple. Brady's not there. It's that fucking simple. We're not going into the season with two losses, and I hate to say that, but you're not just fighting the Patriots. You're fighting refs, and you're fighting TV ratings. You're fighting media. You're not knocking them off the throne and always going to get in that division for the wild card because there's going to be some other good-ass fucking teams. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know, bro. This Tremaine Edmonds thing, I'm, I'm with you. That's how I felt. Uh, but watching them, maybe it's because I'm watching highlights. I feel like it's kind of promising. You know what I mean? You don't think he's progressing, or do you think... I don't think he's as advertised in coverage as the reason they got him. I don't remember Preston Brown giving up seven touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, maybe my head's up my ass, but insert any other middle linebacker there. We've seen Doug Way we pull linebackers off the street make the fucking Pro Bowl. You know what I mean? That year. So, um... I'm just confused at that spot sometimes because I don't know if it's a defensive line because I'm not a football guy. I'm just some fan, man. Like, I'm just some dude. And I kind of wonder the line affects the linebackers. So, you have any – if you were to give him the benefit of the doubt, what would you say? Well, we got him for this season, and they can still pick up his fifth-round option next season if they they chose to. So, and he, you got to understand it, too. He came in the league at 19 years old. So, um, he's obviously very young. And because he's young, it was to take him a little longer to learn than other guys who come in, are coming in at, you know, 24 or 22, whatever, guys that have been around football a lot longer. He came in with all the athletic ability in the world and, you know, uh, good body of work but still very very young so i think there's potential that he could be better i'm not sure if he's going to reach that potential it's hard to say um as far as josh allen's concerned like the the potential he reached is it's kind of an outlier it's actually not it's more than an outlier it's like a one in a million because all out of all the nfl quarterbacks that have come through over the years there's nobody who's had a trajectory like Josh Allen, where he came in his first season as the worst quarterback in the league, 52.8% completion percentage, well below guys like EJ Manuel, who didn't make, uh, didn't start more than 14 games in his, his career for Buffalo and before getting benched. But, and then come out the next season, and he, did, he showed improvement at 58.8%. But nobody saw and you, you hear the homers. Oh, I knew. I knew he had it. I knew he had it. I, nobody has ever seen a quarterback make a jump from 52.8 to 69.2 in two seasons. It doesn't happen in the NFL. He's an outlier. And, of course, he had all the physical ability to do it, just like all the NFL. Like 99% of the NFL players have all the physical ability to be great NFL players. But very few actually reached that of that potential, and they a lot. There's a lot of things. This could be scheme, Bro, it could be coaching, I, it could be, you know, the desire to play. So it's just kind of odd that with the Buffalo Bills of all teams, we're able to grab the one guy that could put it all together and become that superstar. I think he's always been able to do it. Uh, he just couldn't read the defense right. And he was cleaning up his footwork and whatever, everything still. Like, 
which is a nice work in progress. Um, but yo, what I'm getting at is, uh, okay, I'm gonna un outlier this for you, and I'll mm-hmm. probably wrap up on this one. And we'll get a little prediction for you how you see the game going a little bit, uh, if you have that kind of time. Um, so check it. I think that if you remember, I was at this wedding, not you would remember, I was at a wedding during the Patriots game. My friend Tim Avery is on a podcast with Wright for numbillsfan.com. And I was at his wedding, and he, of course, allowed me to stream my phone while he was getting married. And that's that, hey, use your head game. Use your fucking head game from Brian Dable. Uh, if everybody remembers, Josh Allen against the Patriots threw a lot of interceptions that game, okay? Very, you know, high pressure for him and, and Dable, you know, his old team, and obviously being Bills fans here, fuck the Pats. And uh, he threw a lot of picks in that game. And ever since that, Josh Allen just over, overthrew people on purpose. Guarantee you. I was watching him very closely. And he overthrew people on purpose to not get the pick. You know, he played safe. Following year, which was last year, they fucking let him rip. They just let him rip, dude. Okay? And I, I swear they just held him back because he wasn't breaking down something to reading the defense right you know it just wasn't there it it wasn't he don't got receivers it wasn't no 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 Dable and them after that Patriots game held them back guarantee you so I don't think it's that much of an outlier I think if you had offensive linemen from the jump okay for the kid uh I I, you know so at the same time, you know, you know, you know they're, they're more realistic than me being a fan. They're, they're, they're like, we got a two, three-year trajectory, and I'm like, I want to go to playoffs every year. So, Yeah, I get it. I'm hearing a lot of excuses because you can say that he overthrew some pet passes to be safe, but his ball placement was erratic the whole season. His first two years, his ball placement was a very erratic. And – like, you can have a, a completed pass that's a negatively graded pass. What I mean by that is if you, got, if you got a guy wide open down the field and you lost the ball up where he's got to stop and wait for the ball to come down and catches the ball, it's a positive play, but he gets tackled because you left the ball up there so long because your ball placement was poor. He gets tackled instead of being a touchdown. It's a positive play that is a pretty much negative play because that you could throw it downfield 30 yard yards and it could have been a touchdown or it was a 30 yard pass that you ended up fizzling out your drive and having to punt anyway. Right. So there are negative plays based on ball placement that can be completed passes. Josh Allen's ball placement was horrible. His rookie year. It wasn't as bad as sophomore year, but it was still not good. And a small microchasm of that was week one last year where he had John Brown wide open in the back of the end zone, and he threw it into the second row of the the end zone, like ball placement. That is a pass that average quarterbacks in the league can make. That's a pass that high school quarterbacks can make. And when you have consistency with your ball placement, you put your guys in the best position to catch the ball and run. There was not a lot of balls last year that Josh Hanlon threw where the ball was grossly behind him, grossly high, grossly low, where the guys have to make all these crazy adjustments. And, of course, his footwork, his mechanics got cleaned up and all that. But even though 
Like all the every NFL quarterback is being taught that. Every NFL quarterback is being taught where how, how to step, how many steps, where your feet should be, where your feet should be pointing, like the balance you should be on when you unload your ball, your your elbow angle, and all that stuff. They're taught from day one, but not a lot of guys can put that all together in a football game. Tim Tebow shortened his release coming into his rookie year, but when you get against a 300-pound guy chasing you, you normally go back to what you know, no matter how many times you try to do that in the offseason, when you, you your body knows exactly what you want to do and it does it. You know, it's just amazing Josh Allen being as raw as he was. It's all on Josh Allen. I, I don't want to hear if, about Diggs because if Diggs was out there and he, he's throwing it low and away to Diggs, Diggs is not having the season he had. The only reason why Diggs has the season he had because Josh Allen put the ball on target where it needed to be, where he Diggs can catch and run and make plays. Um, but again, Josh Allen's got room for improvement, and I'm not saying that as a Josh Allen hater. I have been very hard on Josh Allen uh, since we drafted him. Oh, me too. I, he, I, he wasn't I, where we were supposed to be. I I I sound like a Josh Allen homer. I definitely don't have my leg tattooed with Josh Allen on it. Um, on my left shin. Um, but, uh, you know, I was very hard on Bean. Not him. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, don't mm-hmm. tell me franchise quarterback is the fucking thing and then you're going to have him run the ball head first into people as a rookie. Like, how many concussions do we got here? How many ankles do we have? How many fucking knees do we have? How, you know, get them offensive linemen. And, you know, once Brian Dable took over and they got rid of fucking Juan Castillo, okay, you know, they schematically tanked the team and they started by fucking up that offensive line year one of McDermott. And it really fucked me up um, for a bit because uh, – Yeah, yeah. The expectations on Josh for it. The thing that's crazy, dude, is I used to always laugh at this shit. Be like, oh, that shit don't matter. Of course they love the game. But, dude, you really have to love the game, especially if you get paid. I'm not saying that for Josh, but, like, in football in general, you have to really, in sports, you really have to love the game when you get paid. And and afterwards when you get paid because – and it totally makes sense psychologically and physically why it leads to physically them falling off. And I used to never think anything of it. Oh, they suck. No, they just don't have that drive. And the thing with Josh Allen is he immediately got out with Palmer, Jordan Palmer, and has consistently worked on his mechanics, man. And uh, that's great to see. Um, he's just ascending, and I can't wait to see what this year brings. At the same time, dude, like, when everybody's homering up for the fucking Bills, I'm like, this is way too hot for me. Way too much good smoke around this team. And I frankly don't – I, I kind of wish we were under the radar a little bit. I like the national run, but I, I wish we were back under the radar. Now it's like um, we have fans in the stands. And my friend had a theory that the fans fucking ruined it sometimes, and I believe it, man. Um it's a lot of pressure, dude. Were you at the remember that Aaron Williams Patriots game? That kid went nuts. Like he went bonkers, yeah. bro. And it's just like there's a real energy to these stadiums. You know, if you want to go into biblical shit about it, you know what I mean? Look into that stuff. Uh it's weird. 
the energy with all the people there and all that stuff. And I think it's a big reason I was depressed last year. I couldn't go to these fucking games. I couldn't be around people. I couldn't go to the tailgate, see Red Pinto tailgate with Nick and Jamie Tell, you know, over there. It's just like I I wanted to go down there. I wanted to see people and just even if I don't even go to people's tailgates, I just like going to take the pictures, going to, you know, do stuff. And um, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't wait to see Diggs and Josh Allen this year in person. And I just have always believed that if it's chess, you can scheme something up smart for Josh Allen through his rookie year, second year, third year, you know, now, um, and, and, and so forth, you know. So it's like, to have that allegedly answered now, the quarterback, you know, we, we have an answer, is great. It, it, it's just our defense is going to catch up to him. You know what I mean? Is there something for the defenses to catch up also? Because you have to keep in mind, bro, we're in a, in a different position than I've ever been since I've actually given a fuck this much and I'm coherent about the rosters and the depth chart and shit, which is the Bills actually have a, a, a media darling quarterback right now. We actually yeah. have that dude that they want to market. That dude who is in the MVP runnings. That dude that's like, you look across the ASC and you go, who do I got to worry about? You know what I mean? Like, there's a few teams, clearly, but they can hang with them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. It's just different when you look across the schedule and, and you don't look at those Patriots things like a loss. And Tom Brady, I love seeing him, honestly, in Tampa Bay. And you just get to a point where you're at the games. And just like, you just have to appreciate him after a while. And that's the best part about going to the games. You see the coverages? And within two seconds, he's like, oh, it's fucking idiots over here. Okay, good. He's here. You know? So um, where do you sit with the home game and the feel? How do you think that, How do you think it's going to turn out? You think the crowd's going to have an effect? Are you going? Like, what the fuck's up? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to see the ticket holder. Uh row or section one thirty, row two, seats three and four. So I'm gonna be there behind the Bills uh bench and cheering on the Bills and I honestly think the Bills are gonna run away uh with this game as they did last year. Uh, Pittsburgh I don't think is gonna have an answer to the firepower Bills possess. Uh Manuel Samuels uh Manuel Sanders is questionable, so um but you, you still have your your big guys. You still have Diggs. You still have Gabe Davis, and you still have Beasley. I think and Dawson Knox should be Dude, better this year. Kumaro um, can play. He's okay. You know what I mean. Yep. And, and yep, Gabe so. Davis, like, oh my God, what a player! When Emmanuel Sanders was in an interview and he goes, "Yeah, I was watching the tape. I was like, I didn't even know this guy's a rookie. I was like, this thirteen is pretty much off it to paraphrase him. You know, like, um, yeah. I." You know, I'm not even worried about the tight end position. Um, actually, I think they're gonna be going four wide a lot, and or, or, or you know, a, a lot of four receiver sets, I should say. So, yeah. you know, what do you call that? Ten personnel? I'm fucking dumb. You know, so um, you think uh, you're too close? You see everything when you're right there? Yeah, no, I don't think I'm too close. I like it. I like the seats. Obviously, you're close down to the field, so you get to see a lot of stuff that's happening in the back end. And besides the point, if you're in the 100 section, no matter where you sit, um, you know, there's jumbotrons on both sides. So if you're sitting on the, like in the rock pile side of the stadium, 
you you got the two jumbotrons and the other you know there's smaller ones but if you're sitting near the tunnel which is where i'm at closer to the tunnel you got the big jumbotron there so there's really not a bad spot anyway and it's kind of nice being right behind the bench where you can see players on like row two so like if i want to get an autograph i want to you know say something to a player you know sign my ball whatever blow a kiss it's the best place to be so well i'm gonna tell you a story you won't care about so uh i used to have three tickets and nfl app wasn't that easy to sell them and so i would just pay a bunch of money uh, and forget to sell them and then towards the end of the season people commit and then i don't know man they're going for thirty dollars oh okay cool so um i decided going into last season to cancel and then the thing hit anyways but i got back on the list and they called me because the last year i had seasons i bougied out and went to the club seat i'm like yo i want to be on the rail but the thing is, is i didn't realize that i'd be sending no offense to these people to like a bunch of people who are kind of like fair weather ish and they got free tickets from their business and i'm like one guy paying like ridiculous amount of money i think like I was paying like $200 like ticket or something, but I was going by myself and driving a different car. So I didn't have to like put that much gas in my van and, and take people. And all I ended up doing, I see was going inside, bro, to like where you can sit down. Cause I want to heat it. I want to sit under the lamps because the year before that was that freezing ass cold game. And like, I'm good. Um, so I was like, yo, I'm sitting on the lamps. Fuck all that. And I just, ended up going inside watching fantasy football too. And just drinking at the bar, <laughs> like getting mixed drinks. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not even really out there as much as I need to be. And it was, you know, so I got, I canceled. I got back on the list. They wanted to shove me in the corner seats. And I think uh, maybe like 129 or something. And uh, I don't want to be rude. I'm sure if I would have went there, I would have justified it. But like, I, I just didn't, I don't like the corner seats. Um, And I used to sit in row 332. Or section 332 or something. Uh, row 6, 22, 23. And then row 5, I had eight, C18 or something. Or, I don't know, 21. So it's like right near each other. But the view was perfect because I could see the coverages. I could see the lines. Uh, the worst part is you don't have cell phone signal at that time. So you can't watch a replay. They don't replay it on a Jumbotron. So when the Bills and I'm paying this money to go to these games and they're sucking or doing the fucking the Billsing are doing, I sometimes wish I would be at home so I could see the replays. And then I'm at home watching the game. Like, man, it's like I watch a game in a fucking stadium. So I got all these confused feelings. But lucky for me, my dad's girl might be his wife, I think now. This dude, his girl's a Steelers fan. And uh, she's off it. She's wild. Like, she's cool as fuck. Her name is Sue. And I'm probably going to do, like, a post-game or on-the-way-in Instagram with her or something because she's fucking wild. And um, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. But long story short to you, I got a free ticket from my dad, who's a Vikings fan. And this girl mm -hmm. wanted to go. And, dude, the ticket, it was, like, $900-something for, like, three tickets. I'm like, oh, my fuck, I'm going to puke right now? Because I thought about getting my seasons anyways if I still got them. And just selling them game one. You know what I mean? And then going with my dad anyways. Kind of pulling one of those moves. But I don't know if I want to commit to being 
at home every week because I've been kind of in this routine for 10 years, actually 12 years of going to Bills games. Um, but I want to just go get them from Scalpers. And I think I'm going to drive, might fly, but I've had it planned for two months to drive to the Miami game. And I'm thinking the the only game that's not straight up north or south is Kansas City. In my heart, bro, I might go drive to all these out-of-town games. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just do my coverage. Like, I'm trying to really fucking do it. Um, but I don't know. I wish I had seasons, but I'm actually looking forward to just going by myself, grab a ticket randomly from a scalper, sit somewhere new every game. You know what I mean? Because that's how I found a 300 section. I see was uh, I picked it up off a scalper um, one time for me and my ex of an ex of an ex of an ex. And uh, a long time ago, and it was like, who's that quarterback? David Gerrard or something? And then you had Jones Drew, okay? It it was when the Bills played the Jaguars. And I sat, like, dead center in the 300s at the 50. And I was like, yo, this is awesome. Like, this is the best view in the house. I was like, oh, I'm too bougie for this. I'm only sitting lower bowl. You know, I had to, like, prove to myself I'm not some broke bitch, which I am. But, like. Um, I don't know, man. I'm excited for the energy. I missed it. Like, how did you deal with this football season? Because um, I'm definitely going to let you go after that. How did you deal with your COVID season? Like, what did you do? Did you miss seeing the view of, you know, the coverages and everything right in front of you? Yeah, and no. Like you said, a lot of times you, you don't see the replay. And you wish, like, oh, I'll show that home to see a replay. But in the same sense, you don't get the energy at home that you do or at a, any bar that you do at one bill's drive. So I know for a fact tomorrow is going to be one of the craziest games that I've ever seen in Buffalo. And it's probably going to be one of the craziest games, one of the craziest tailgates experience since I've seen, especially tailgating, since Lot X at the Jacksonville game, uh, the playoff game. So, like, you know the energy is going to be there. It's going to be pumped. People are going to be going crazy. Tables will be jumped through, on fire even. You know, guys are going to be going crazy. Girls are going to be going crazy. It's going to be amazing. You know, you can't beat the atmosphere. I tell people this all the time. Fans, no matter where they go, they're oh, those fans are crazy. Yes, they are crazy for their team. And there's nobody in the NFL that knows how to party like the Buffalo Bills fans do in that fan base, that fan base. That's you right, know, bro. So. It, yeah, you, you know what, man? Like, they had to buy out Bills Mafia pretty much and give Dell some run and give him some credit because free promotion for that long, doing great charity work, all this shit, bro, over the years. Bills fans, I really believe, are great because they're very well-researched, most of them. Um, or not most. I shouldn't say most of them because uh, I, I can't judge the internet ones as well-researched. I, I had to go, like, they're deeper than most, most fan bases as far as the rosters and – they get to the bottom of it. Um, they organize things for fans and, 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 and charities themselves. And um, I'm proud to be a Bills fan. Um, I'm very – I never thought I'd ever be able to afford, frankly, to be a season ticket holder in my life to anything um, and afford to go to the games. You know, it's really special to me because sports are always so big. And um, that energy is second to none. And I think that's what I was missing – um last year was going there letting it all out on every down i just never thought i'd evolve as a fan where i'm not screaming every down but i also think that was a product of me 
going into the fucking bougie seat section, man. You know, like, they're not going to be as loud over there. I kind of felt awkward. Whereas you go into 300s, you sit where you're sitting, you get to wild people. You know what I mean? You get to wild animals and they're just off it. And that's why I think sometimes uh, it, it, it really does matter in these games when the fans are there. Uh, and I just can't wait to, to get back going. You know what I mean? I can't wait to see everybody. Um, but, yeah, it's, I see the Bills doing okay. Um, I see a victory here. I said 27 points for the Bills. I think to 27 to 24, Buffalo. Um, I see. Where can we find you, and what do you have coming up? Um, I mean, for me, it's the same thing. You can find me, eight Bills home game, one Bills drive. I'll be there Sunday. I'll be in the Mount lot towards the back. It's going to be crazy. Um, next month, you can find me in Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii for six days. It's going to be amazing. And over the season, the course of the season, any Saturday uh, at home in Rockport, you can find me on Rock Sports Network, Rock Sports Net on uh, Instagram. And you can find me there behind the camera or, you know, maybe even every now and then pinching in for the color guy um, right here on Rock Sports Network in Rockport. So, I'm I'm always around, man. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Find me on Twitter every now and then. And um, you know, if you want to, you know, talk football, come out at me. I'm always willing to talk. I see, Vic. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been Numb Bills Fan Podcast two forty eight or two forty nine. I don't fucking know yet. Uh, I'm your host, David Palermo. And uh, yeah, let's go. Um, fantasy picks. Yeah, if you got Cool Beasley, you did okay too late in the draft. Just letting people know. And um, I am your local Josh Allen truther in the Dynasty League. I picked him up as a rookie. And, yeah, I'm going to fucking squat out championships this year in that league. Or just one because that's all you can get in a, a season is just one championship. So, Icy, thank you again, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for calling, man. Love, love talking football anytime. Always. I don't know how to stop this shit. Oh, there we-